0: Hello. It is Tuesday, September twenty second. Aaron Rodgers is on the show today. Yeah. So Pops, uh, Mike Adams, and Austin Hooper, new tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Great conversation about everything happening in the sports world. Speaking of the sports world, have you heard? Heard what? Survey says Fanduel Sportsbook still the best sports book going. FanDuel's tech is the best. Their customer service is the best. The odds that we put on our bets are the best. The fantasy football is the best. Mm -hmm. And the free-to-plays are the best. And that's why I'm so thankful to be sponsored and a partner with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, everything you could possibly want to gamble on in the sports world is available at FanDuel. Now, there's only five, six states with a few on the horizon within the next couple weeks. And when FanDuel gets to your state, you need to know that what FanDuel is is a good time. I introduced FanDuel to my lady, you know, because my lady has to watch the games with me uh, on Sundays and Saturdays and Monday nights and Thursday nights and she has always loved football, but even she thought like, hey, if my team isn't playing, if the Colts aren't playing, it's hard for me to get invested in this. Now I've introduced her to FanDuel Sportsbook and she was able to figure it out very quickly because that's how awesome the app is. And she is all the way now she calls it playing Fanduel. she's on there Sunday she was on it so long Fanduel sent her a message and said are you still playing like Netflix <laughs> does whenever you're sleeping so I'm not just saying that to say like hey you should introduce your lady to Fanduel because it could make, make them more invested in the game I'm just saying Fanduel has that effect on people oh, it yeah. is a blast the odds are great the live bets are awesome their daily fantasy is next level and the free to plays are cool I'm so thankful to be a partner with Fanduel, and I I think you'll love your time with FanDuel. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. And speaking of that, let's get to that show. Also, we have a man with one of the greatest chins in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl champion, national champion, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Aaron James Hawk.
1: Yeah!
0: Bird call from the boys there. How are you doing? Still haven't
2: seen Fight Club? No. I'm not a big I'm, movie buff, to be honest. you got to uh, see it, man. You absolutely
0: got oh, to see it. Uh, <laughs>
1: that
2: convince you? AJ, I've heard
0: that so much through my life because uh, too much ADD. I don't watch a lot of movies. I spent my childhood kicking a soccer ball off the side of my house to, to hopefully build up enough muscle to kick a ball hard enough uh, to, for soccer reasons, not for football reasons. But boy, I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing like the look on somebody's face when you tell them right to their face that their favorite movie you've never seen before. And it's like,
2: <laughs> oh, what? What are you talking It's like, I just ain't got the time. I'm so sorry. Yeah, people get so emotional when you tell them you haven't seen a, a certain show, a certain movie. But hey, I guess hey, does that mean it's just a great show? If people get that emotional and it take it. It's a personal attack on on them if you don't watch their show. Oh, Game of Thrones! What a oh what a, man! Oh, hey, have you ever seen Game of Thrones, AJ? Unfortunately, I have not. Oh, oh, AJ! Careful.
0: Come on! Dude. Hey, a terrible me, human. Yeah. Be careful, Aaron loves that show. Hey, by the way, I've never watched. Our friend has been on that show, allegedly. They said he was a very unathletic guy for a while the internet, which was very rude of them. But I've never seen either. But you got to see it, AJ. You have got to see that show. Um, speaking of shows, did you watch the Megacast last night? I was supposed to be on there. Got a little bit
2: too late. Got a little bit sick. Had to fall asleep. How would you feel about it? I did watch a little bit of the mega cast. I'm glad you texted me uh, earlier and let me know about it being on. I, I almost forgot to, to go check the other alternate broadcast. I'm all for them having multiple options for the broadcast. I think it's a great thing. I don't know how ESPN feels. Like, are you pulling away viewers, though, from your main broadcast by doing this or what? Or they just think, hey, as long as it's in the ESPN family, we're good.
0: As long as they're under the umbrella, I don't think anybody cares. But I assume technology-wise, they'll get that thing humming a little bit. I think it has a chance. It was definitely entertaining. The game also was a great game. And uh, I assume a man that watched the game last night was not playing in the game last night. But whenever he is playing the football this year, he looks better than he has ever looked in his entire life. Ladies and gentlemen, GOAT. Boat, you name it. Quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, perennial All-Pro, Aaron Handsome Rogers. Yeah! Yeah!
3: It doesn't have to be like this every week. It really doesn't.
0: <laughs> hey, it's just week two. Take it easy. Let's relax. This is what you said to me last week. Maybe, I'll, maybe it'll wear out, but I'll tell you what. With the way you're playing the football, I think you deserve that every single week, so I'm going to bring it. Let's talk about week two. You, now listen, week one. Hey, it's just one week. Let's, I mean, I do look better than I've looked uh, probably in like 75 years playing football, maybe the best football I've ever played, but let's not even talk about it. After week two now, that offense is humming. Aaron Jones is crushing. You guys have to feel very good, including you, about your play, the offensive play, and the entire team over there at the Green Bay Packers.
3: Yeah, I mean, how can you not? We've scored, you know, we had 35 last uh, two, couple of days ago, scored 41 the first week. So, yeah, we're feeling pretty good about things. But it's early, Pat. too. <laughs> game's, ta- games
0: in. Can I talk? Can I talk about? Can I talk about you drinking Pedialyte out of Gatorade bottle? Did they tell you to do that because of this show? <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, of course. It takes all of us. Aaron, oh, on hold on. There? What did you just say? I'm sorry. I blacked out for a second. Oh, day. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. Go ahead, AJ.
2: Hey, Aaron, so you we talked talk about that, how
3: the, of course the, you the feel good. You guys the are lighting
0: it up. Oh, my God. Data. We sound oh, no. like the Mega Cast uh, right now. Geez. What happened?
2: Boys, get it together over there, please. Aaron, you go. Did you see the
3: Gatorade label on the water bottle?
0: I did see that, and I also saw it was still the same color purple from the week before that we had, we had talked about on the show.
3: <sighs> and so what do, you, what do you think the reason for that was?
0: Well, I think what happened was you came on the show and you said, uh, everybody's making a big deal out of what I drank. It was just Pedialyte, which, by the way, is an alternative to Gatorade. It has less sugar and it's more so for, and they heard that and they said, oh, you want to drink Pedialyte? That's fine. But it's going to sure look like to everybody that doesn't listen to that damn show that you're drinking a purple Gatorade.
3: Hey, it's still Pedialyte.
0: <laughs> yeah! You're going to get fined for that. You're going to get fined for that for sure.
3: Bring it on! Yeah,
2: I respect it. <laughs> Sorry, AJ. Oh no, I'm good. I mean, where do you where do I want to go from there? Aaron, I know we're we're talking over each other the whole time. I want to go a, a non football route. So this is a it's a Tuesday off day for you. I'm curious. Take us behind the scenes. You, you, for some reason, have sat in the same position both times you've mm. called into the show, right? Just a, a brick wall because you don't want to get less. Don't let anybody have any kind of info on where you are right now. Like You could be in <laughs> Afghanistan. It doesn't matter. But what's your off day look like? Let's say you're, you're already done watching your Bob Lazar documentaries and Ancient Aliens. What do you, what, what you like on Netflix right like now? Like What are you doing when you're not doing football things?
3: First of all, this is a green screen idea. Nobody idea where I'm at. Uh, you just you, you know, Ty called me, interrupted me from uh you know, watching dodgeball. let really get into it. Really? Started the round of thirty two. <laughs> now do you, so, are, you big big big
0: are you and Ben Stiller friends? Are you and Ben Stiller friends?
3: Yeah, yeah. We've been friendly over the years. Uh I have a lot of uh love for his films. My favorite Ben Stiller movie is a probably a little known one called heavyweights oh oh, Oh, let's go go. i I know i heard right before i came on there was a conversation about when you say your favorite movie or tv (laughs) show and somebody hasn't seen it you know it's like the worst thing ever so i'm not going to shame anybody for not seeing it but it's 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 a great 90s movie it's worth it It has some of the mighty ducks characters Uh in it Mm -hmm. you know goldberg makes a uh, makes an appearance he's one of the main characters it's good, good movie.
0: Well, Aaron, lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. I am a big heavyweights fan. And Goldberg, by the way, not only in heavyweights and in the Mighty Duck series, also just went through an entire battle with, uh, I believe, meth. Yeah. Yeah. But he came out on the other side of it. So we're all very happy for the Goldberg.
3: Don't worry. He's I was going to say, you, you guys both lost some weight. You guys look pretty chiseled <laughs> to you.
0: Me and Goldberg? <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, different methods, but we, <laughs> same, same, same destination. You know what I mean? Different methods, same destination. Let's stick with off-the-field stuff. Uh, what you did to that dog in that State Farm commercial is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life.
3: What, what, i want to know what, what you mean
0: well you're playing catch with a dog and classic dog is they like to play fetch so you throw a ball dog's natural nature will be which i guess put those two words together there. <laughs> to, to get the ball and retrieve hey we're having a good time then you took the ball and i believe you threw it 200 yards into a canyon game over for the dog unbelievable there
3: I needed some space. The dog was was just very codependent. <laughs> <laughs> Long day on set. You know, I don't know if you've talked to your partner there, uh, AJ, but you know, it's not the first dog commercial I've been in. You know, I really question his parenting. He said some real questionable things to his kids about the last dog wow. I was in a commercial with. And I just want to assure everybody out there, there was no animal harmed in the filming of either of those two commercials. <laughs> no. And that, you know, I really enjoy the time I spent with those dogs and have a lot of love and affection for all animals. AJ,
2: what'd you tell your kids? <laughs> I knew he was going to get to this. I was going to let you you tell him, but yeah, he, so I texted Aaron whenever I saw this next commercial with another second prop dog. So the original prop dog he had, it was a commercial with uh, Randall Cobb, I believe the house burnt down, maybe something like that. Oh, yeah. Amazing yeah. acting by both you guys, both, by the way. amazing. Always. So, my kids say like oh they, if they see him on tv oh there's uncle aaron look at that oh dad is that uncle aaron's dog I'm like no nah, it's a prop dog You're like well what happens to that i was like oh i think he hasn't killed afterwards <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you You're like, AJ, oh, no, AJ. Oh, no. and then we let him know we let him know i was joking and it's not it wasn't, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> so then i just sent him a text after this other commercial i was like man you just ki- you killed a second prop dog <laughs> this, is, this is getting crazy or something and he's like you better not be continue to tell the kids that <laughs> an animal Just,
3: yeah I'm, I'm glad you told the truth of that story i really felt like you were going to do your casual you know weave in some lies into the story that was <laughs> rooted in truth for once
2: hey here's
0: here's a question after watching that commercial there was a conversation a couple years ago uh patrick mahomes josh allen who can throw the ball further i think Pat Mahomes threw the ball out of the stadium at one point over a jumbotron or over the uh, – tel- whatever, you get it. Then Josh Allen came out, and he was like, I'd like to be in that, and there was a chance that they were potentially going to have a throw-off. I know that you would never participate in something like that because it doesn't feel like that is a very Aaron Rodgers thing to do. What is the longest you've ever thrown? Do you even know that number, or do you not care? Like, what is the longest you've ever thrown a ball? Because when I saw that little tiny ball – came out real smooth, and the dog obviously lost his toy and his good time and his mm -hmm, companionship. mm -hmm. But as I saw the ball fly, I was like, I wonder how far this dude can throw the ball because you notoriously have a rocket. I mean, you hit the sky in the Lions uh, Stadium there whenever you brought that thing down.
3: Yeah, somewhere between 68 and 70, Pat. I don't know, right in that (laughs) sweet spot. (laughs) Oh, 69 yards is how
0: far you threw it. Nice, congrats. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah. yeah. Of course you have, by the way. Of
3: course you have. Pat, it's not about... It's not about how far, it's about how accurate, you know?
0: That's conversation about Drew Brees today. Everybody's talking the internet last night, and this is what happens when you're an NFL quarterback. If anything happens in a primetime game, obviously the world is collapsing. Last week, it was Tom Brady's dead. This guy's not going to be able to win without Bill. Last night, it's like Drew, who wore all of his own records on his own cleats last night. He can't throw the ball far anymore. Uh, but the big thing is, we talked to Pops, Mike Adams, who played in the NFL for a long time. He was like, Drew was never really that big arm guy. He just always w- was able to deliver in a proper spot with proper time. Do you obviously believe that the overreaction from people and that type of shit is just ridiculous?
3: I, I believe it's totally ridiculous. I and mean, it doesn't matter what week of the season. It's just amplified because it's the second week of the year. It's, it's going to be overreaction Monday and Tuesday and probably, you know, all week, uh, regardless of how you play. That's kind of the nature of our business that, you know, you play once a week and you have to deal with it. But now with the coverage of our business and because, you know, basketball is winding down, you know, and the... And the Conference finals and baseball it hasn't even got to the playoffs yet. There's a lot of conversation about about our sport every single day, and yeah, you know, it's just it's. I think it's ridiculous. I really do. We're two weeks in, you know let let things play out. It's, teams don't figure out their identity till weeks in the season. You know this, Pat AJ. Like it takes a while to figure out what kind of team you are. Obviously, we had a ton of injuries yesterday or two days ago. You know, it's some marquee players, which is going to affect uh, you know the teams and their uh, how they look you know obviously the Niners had some really tough injuries Saquon in New York you know there's there was a ton of injuries across the league so let's let these teams settle in see who's healthy and see what kind of teams they're going to be and uh, I just uh, you know, I think back to a couple of years ago when uh, New England played Kansas City on like a Sunday or Monday night game and Kansas City whooped them and everybody was saying oh you know New England's 2-2 two and two now and is a time for Brady to retire uh, what's he done since then you know <laughs> mic drop come on <laughs>
2: it's real it's very real yeah but do you understand why there is the overreaction It's because of all the eyeballs on football and everyone cares so much like do you do you get why it's there
3: well it's, i mean age i think it's more than that it's just not just the eyeballs there's always been eyeballs on football it's now you got all these you know uh so-called experts with platforms to, talking, to talk about It's talking about us, talking about everybody us? you're talking own. about us no, 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 no. I'm uh, talking about the people who have no idea what they're doing. Oh, not,
0: a, oh, no, oh, not okay. us. Not <laughs> us. of course. Not us, of course. No.
3: Pat, you know I love you and the boys. And I, I already made a big you. you know, compliment about how I see you guys moving forward in the future. Um, and by the way, great article by Bruce Feldman. That was, that was really good.
0: Thank you. I didn't want to talk about it because it's one of the biggest fluff pieces I've ever read about myself, and it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you, but it was a nice trip down memory lane. Uh, that...
3: Sidebar, did you have final say in the, in the editing of that interview? Uh...
0: No, actually, he sent me a DM. Okay, he sent me a DM and was like, I've interviewed a bunch of your former teammates, coaches, and coworkers about their first reaction to you uh, and, and for them to tell me a story. Do you have a minute to chat about it? I was like, wait a minute. Like, What is this? What is this all about? And then I talked to him, and it was a fun trip down memory lane. I ended up talking to him for like an hour and 10 minutes or whatever through it all. And It was supposed to come out last week, I thought, and then they, they pushed it to today. And I, This morning when I woke up and read it, I was intrigued to hear what everybody said. But yeah, it was, it was very nice of that man. And of all my friends that I formerly worked with, I appreciate them so much for that. You read that, huh? You read the whole thing. It was long.
3: It was long. I knew I was going to talk to you today. And I felt like if you might, you know, because it was such a fluff piece, you might be quizzing me about certain things in the article that I might not have known before about you but uh so I had, to, I had to be ready you ever just also, walk, you, you ever wore sleeves
0: no not well especially now that i'm kind of in shape once I, i'm getting fatter currently so you'll see the longer sleeves come on at one point whenever the the arm and the body just kind of meld into one you know what i mean which is going to happen
3: sidebar have you uh have you done another tan or are you leaving the you're all natural
0: well right now it's currently just the fallout from the honeymoon uh tan and the spray tan that is still in my soul because that was a very very
3: dark spray tan but yeah.
0: i'll probably get another one here relatively soon if i had to guess if i had to guess
3: also uh, another sidebar i don't know if the boys know this or you know this but do you know that aj never wears undershirts underneath his long sleeve uh garb Not
2: really let, let the nipples oh, aaron was so disturbed one game remember i think i just talked over you Pepper. Papad- aaron was super disturbed at me when I walked in with a, a full zip-up sweater with no undershirt. He's in his little locker probably eating the, like a peanut butter and banana sandwich. I was all disgusting. And I remember him like, are you? Like he was so disturbed. So now I do it as much as I possibly can.
3: <laughs> Is that strange to you or the boys or anybody? I, I don't know. Yeah, I've never, a yeah what a if freak. It, yeah, he's a if loser. If he's got a zipper, then yeah, wear, <laughs> yeah. put an undershirt yeah, on. got it, a zipper undershirt, thank you. Yeah, I agree. Jeez.
0: Do you wear anything weird under the pads? Do you wear anything weird? Do you have like a... No, it doesn't seem like you're that superstitious of a guy. Do you have like a go-to underneath?
3: No, I mean, I've, I've, as opposed to uh, an internet thing I saw, I've never worn a, a thong underwear underneath my... <laughs> Uh, uniform, um,
2: well, AJ, do that too. That
3: no. was out there. That was on the internet. That was on the internet. I'm sure the boys can find it. Well, <laughs> absolutely, we can. Did. I didn't know there was a
0: chance that you did that. Let's talk about the game against the Lions. When we when we had you on <laughs> draft night, we'll pull the thong up for sure. And if you're playing in a thong this good, more power to you. Because wow. the, the kit and caboodle got to be uncomfortable throughout the entire thing. You probably never thought
3: about it after watching Bull Durham. You know, air. <laughs> <the other man. laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably how it started. Uh, whenever you're on draft night. You were on with us. You had a denim jacket on. You looked unbelievable. You had a good beard. You're right in the middle of the quarantine, real action. And the Lions had their pick, and they picked Jeff Okuda. And we said, what does that mean to you as somebody who has to play against that team twice? You said, well, we're going to probably have to find out uh, whether or not he can figure out what an NFL defense is quickly, you might target him early before he learns what's going to go happen. You did that. I mean, ten times you went after Akuda, seven times successfully, a lot of yards. Was that an actual thought game plan, or were you just going in there like, we have a rookie over here, we have to remember that, because there's just things that he's not going to be able to know until he learns from experience?
3: Well, it actually wasn't a concerted effort. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I was looking over and going, oh, I'm going after 30. Um, because the fact that he's a talented player i mean he is uh, very athletic fast um, and i said what i said on draft night i meant it i mean there's been numerous guys over the years who you've gone against in our division who you know hey you better you better throw some completions and touchdowns on him early because this guy is going to figure it out and be a hell of a player and i think he has that ability for sure um, you know we hit a couple Hit a couple of passes, but it wasn't like I was, you know, really trying to target him. Yeah, their whole plan was to really take away DeMonte. They, they doubled him most of the game, um, you know, so whether it was Okuda or one of the other guys on him, you know, they had safety help the majority of the time he was in there. Obviously, he came out uh, in the third quarter, and they went to some more single safety stuff. Um, but uh, but there was a lot of help on the outside for, uh, for both those guys for a good part of the game
2: do you is that a thing you do like if a guy let's say a guy goes out do you ever just like pat says talk to he tells a story about how peyton manning has watched a guy throw a ball at a guy 15 times in a row is that something that is like do you guys recognize it in real time and
3: go right after him if a guy comes like if a guy gets hurt and comes comes out and they put a new guy in yeah yeah i mean i I think that's for sure it depends on who that guy is you know if they're putting in a a veteran backup uh, maybe not if they're putting a guy they just signed off the practice squad you know you might might test him a couple times. You see the number forty
0: something walk out there. You're like, okay, well,
3: <laughs> oh, that guy. Good luck, Bob. Although, yeah, although uh, uh, Rogers Cromarty wore a number in the forties for a little while, and I felt like uh, he was one of the rare forties who you're, you're not going to maybe throw over every single time at. But there's some numbers, and you see him all the time in camp. Like you see a, like a young free agent or you know rookie free agent who you know has just a you know a linebacker number that's you know a really bad one or you know wearing number 60 maybe is you know kind of been a, a number that, or, or you know you know the numbers like you're a, a linebacker or a fullback and you're wearing maybe 49 and it's like Ooh, you know, <laughs> something else or you're a receiver wearing you know 30 number or something it's like you know 20 number it's like yeah, I don't know, man you might need to get some in the 80s there to get some respect on that name and then you know there's been a lot of guys who have been you know had great camps and couldn't wait to get out of numbers they're just a few numbers that are kind of marked I think for uh not making the team
0: the story that I that AJ was referring to there it was my first year in Indianapolis and they had a corner get hurt or something. And I saw this terrible number come trotting on the field. And Peyton, you see his massive head. Literally just watch the guy come off the sideline all the way across the field, and he just stayed on him. And then literally you watch him make a check, basically. And that guy, eight straight plays. It was just like, boom, bang, boom, bang. You're done for, fella. And I was like, man, this is a cold world out here. (laughs) This is a cold world out here.
3: Yeah, that happens. It definitely happens. Um, It's happened many times over the years. For us, you know, you hate to see a guy get hurt, but you're always watching what numbers coming in here, and then uh, you know, quick little uh, review of the scouting report in your head about the backups, and like,
2: okay. <laughs> oh, this
0: guy's slow. Oh, Okay, I do recall. Um, there was a moment where you. Uh obviously we're a little fiery and it was you were controlling the the play clock okay we were down the play clock was ticking down you had just sent somebody in motion I believe and you were kind of I think you were going to snap it last second LaFleur calls a timeout on the sideline before a delay a game penalty happens which is interesting because you got very upset which I assume you were like hey LaFleur like hey take it easy LaFleur okay I, I got this thing kind of figured out was there a conversation between you and him after that or since then about hey like yo can you have a little bit of faith in your guy out here is that kind of how that goes
3: look uh, you know since about 322 uh, Sunday I haven't said a word to him so I mean I'm sure that's what uh, you know some website of right now they'll take that quote right there but <laughs> oh yeah Maddie and I are you know, really close and it's been a fun year working together. Um, we talked uh, you know right away uh, on the sideline after that possession and um, had a you know a couple of laughs about it yesterday. but uh, you know that's just part of it sometimes. it's uh, just the trust. you know I don't fault him. we had you know a few too many uh, delay games last year. Um but I felt so close to getting, you know, the perfect check off there that I was uh, just a little frustrated. And you know what? Like in this in this time they're wearing with no fans, they can hear everything. So I'm not sure if they had a nice delay on what I said and they were able to kinda of mute some of that out and add some <laughs> of that fake crowd noise in, but it was probably necessary at that point.
2: I could fathom <laughs> it look like it. Yeah. Hey, Have you uh, have you sent a note to, uh, to Big Mike congratulating him on his first uh, big win? Hey,
3: that was an amazing win. Uh, I haven't yet, but I definitely will be. I'm um, happy for uh, for Coach, you know, to win a game like that, down, what, nine with just a few minutes left, drive down. And then, a, you know, for the brand, beautiful, uh, oh. strange, but beautiful onside kick that uh, Atlanta chose to wait, you know, for it to go 10. Uh, and then, you know, double for the brand, forty 46 for the win.
0: Bingo, GZ. Here we go.
3: Yeah. um, You know, speaking of for the brand, uh-huh. how about that uh, kicker for Kansas City, huh? That was pretty impressive.
0: Oh. Hey, I talked to him yesterday. He was making from 70 at halftime. So whenever he went out there for like the 53 and the 58, he was like, yeah, like this is not a problem at all. And he just knocked. I mean, those were incredible kicks.
3: I mean, I loved his demeanor. He kicks the first one, and there's the you know false start. He drills it, and you just like see him kind of like, turn. He's like focused. It's like it's nothing to him. And then he kicks the next one with the timeout and drills it. And now you're thinking, is, can he really make three in a row over fifty? Like splitting it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> knocks it home. He said he got pissed off that they called the icing on him. Like he was like, "Oh, you think that's going to affect me?" He, he's like the type of kicker who wants to get mad at people. Like Michael Jordan made up that story about the Utah Jazz coach at the restaurant. Like, oh, he said that he's going to have. Brother. Like, I think that is what he's like. Is Mason Crosby like that? Because he's off to a hell of a start as well over there.
3: Well, he hasn't missed any. I mean, he's been kicking great. He's been kicking great most of his career. Though I mean, he's been such a rock for us. I mean, really, he has had one bad game, and all the years have been together. Um, and since that game, I think he's made like ninety-seven percent of his kicks or something Ooh. crazy. Um, after they tried to, you know, run him out of town, mm-hmm. overreaction Monday and Tuesday. A lot of
0: that.
3: But he's he, Mace is real steady, um, and I think he's uh, he's helped by one of the most interesting and possibly strange uh, punters um, in J.K. Scott, who. Uh, You know, is super, super steady as well, and I think they've done a good job with the whole operation with Hunter, uh, Snapping and J.K. and You know, kickers are interesting. They're they're on their own all the time. They're you know in and out of shit. i always give them shit about like are you guys actually gonna punt today or kick today and you're out there wearing <laughs> you know just like slip on shoes and <laughs> robes and stuff you know what are you guys doing to practice all day bitch? you don't want to overdo it aaron you don't want to overdo yeah, it yeah yeah i gotta get pampered they take it easy Getting, you know, pedic- pedicures and manicures all the time <laughs> at the stadium you know the damn spot treatment they're working on it's pretty good but yeah. uh hey if they make it that's all that matters bingo
2: Hey, going back to the Dallas game, what do you think of them going for two when they were down what thirty nine thirty? And I know Mike explained it somehow with the mm-hmm. analytics. Is that something you guys look at?
3: Yeah, our analytics guy, Connor Lewis, and I, who's uh, who's an awesome guy, he's been with us for a few years now. A really bright, uh, bright guy. We talk a lot about situations, and that's a situation we have talked about down. Uh, what is it? Down fifteen. Um, You know, I like going for one in that situation because I think mentally it keeps you kind of still in it. He has always advocated going for two in that situation um, because it does two things. One brings you within, you know, within seven, obviously, uh, which is just to score an extra point. But the second thing it does, if you get it, it allows you to go for two in the win should you want to. But it's just a difference of opinion. I think, you know, I know that the analytics have always been big with Mike, and I'm sure that was not even a question in that situation. And we had situations like that. Uh, I remember we played Carolina in, uh, what was it, 15, in a similar situation. You know, we had an opportunity to go down, I believe we were down, uh, you know, 17 at the time, and we decided to go for two there and got it to pull us within 15. So. Um, similar situation
0: you know a lot of people are going to be like aaron Rodgers has the memory of a guy whom blah 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 he just recalled a game from 2015 in perfect perpetuity with what that that's what's going to be said for that so i appreciate you doing that for the internet
3: right there. either that or they'll cancel me because i might be off on my numbers <laughs> <laughs> oh you can't be off right there Aaron.
0: five years ago if you're going to go out you have to be spot on there do you mind if we take a caller or two to ask you a question
3: only if it's uh, – yeah. I heard that Logan called in last week, Age eh? Is that true? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, he did. And Pat's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure
2: you know this guy. I'm like, what?
3: Yeah, actually, I do know Logan.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by oh, the way, by the way, I knew
0: Logan, too, because I ate at that place when, um, whenever I called your uh, game that you decided not to play. He's,
3: the, he's a big Pat McAfee fan.
0: He's a good guy. He's a
3: good really guy. Really big fan.
0: All right, let's go he, to Steven in Minnesota. i said he give
3: you give a, you know, a drink for free when you come in next time he did actually
0: wow. it was very nice of him that first time uh, i took a don i eliminated it had to do it let's go to steven in minnesota i'm excited to hear this because we got a lot of tweets after last week's appearance where they said like i'm in detroit i'm in minnesota i hate aaron Rodgers and i hate your show because it's making me almost like aaron Rodgers. i wonder if steven's one of those people let's go to steven in minnesota what's up up?
4: i was thinking the exact same thing i was not a fan until i started watching on this show and uh turned me a
2: pretty decent fan. Actually, I have a question for Aaron if there's time. Look what we're doing, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Look what we're doing, <laughs> by the way.
0: Yeah. You're welcome, Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead, Steven.
4: <laughs> All right. So, Aaron, having firsthand experience, does uh, Packers rookie and rookie running back A.J. Dillon or Pat McAfee have the bigger thighs? Oh, great, Ooh. Question.
0: Ooh. This is a great question. great <laughs>
4: question. Yeah, that's a good
3: question. I think they both like to show him off. <laughs> 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 Pat, at, in, in the Bahamas at a golf tournament, refused to wear his shorts to the full length. <laughs> he kept rolling them up and rolling them up to show off his quads. Uh, AJ Dillon, instead of uh, having the you know, the ladies in the back that AJ knows so well who do the sewing for us, instead of, you know, having them cut his shorts down to like a you know, super short length, he would he rolled them up as well. I'm not sure what the I mean, he already has the biggest legs I've ever seen. No offense, Pat. <laughs> ah! Whoa! Ah! Son of a gun. But he really, really likes showing those things off. Well, you should.
0: I, I respect that a lot. Let's talk about another running back back there, Aaron Jones. Dallas Cowboys game last year. I think he had four touchdowns. It was like a breakout game in the national <clears throat> moment. Yeah, two days ago, he had a massive game for you. As a quarterback, obviously a running game helps you having a weapon like that helps you What has Aaron Jones meant to the offense because it's really he's new to the scene and he has been able to make massive moments in memory so
3: far well he's been doing this for a few years Pat I just don't think he's gotten the recognition um he's a really versatile back you know he made a catch down the sidelines over his head leaping grab that was pretty incredible uh, he made a catch, the touchdown catch I threw him. You know, I, I really put it on his back shoulder, uh, not on purpose. Um, and he just caught that thing like it was nothing and waltzed in the end zone. And then we come out the second half, and he takes, a, you know, an inside handoff and goes 75 for a touchdown. He's just a really versatile guy. And then late in the game, uh, he picks up a, a blitz in the A-gap, uh, number 40 for the Lions, who has the hardest head I think I've uh, – <laughs> seen or, or heard in a long time. I mean, he just was thumping people the entire game. Pretty incredible. Um, but hey, you know, Jonesy stood in there and and gave me a little extra time to hit Marquez down the sidelines. So uh, he's he's really improved in some areas, but he's always been super talented. It's just given him the opportunity uh, to go out and And make plays. And then Jamal Williams, you know, again, I want to talk about Jamal a little bit, too, yesterday or two days ago, eight carries, 63 yards um, and had a few catches as well. He's a, a vital part of our offense. And I've talked about him a lot, but I just think he deserves credit because he has transformed himself into an even more explosive back. He's already been a great blocker, really good route runner but uh you know having two guys is is really important our success and uh you know as as much as we love jonesy and we do it he's so he's so damn talented you know jamal is an important part of what we're doing too
2: aaron you got uh, quite the eclectic taste in music so i'm just curious uh what's the pregame playlist like so that mm. i can calibrate before sunday there we go hey new shirt by the way have you seen a new shirt aaron
3: I need to zoom in from the camera. I can't really see what's going on. That's a good one. Hold on. We'll zoom in. I'm just focused on the mustache. That's all I can see right now. The
0: mustache good. Somebody called one after him. Look at that one.
3: That's <laughs> 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 a good shirt. I need one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I a good I definitely good need one of those. Yeah, for sure. I want to rock it next week on this show. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. CFO yeah. Phil, send Get one to
0: whatever Get location has that brick Get wall it behind
3: it. Get it out to the stadium ASAP, please. I want AJ wearing one, too. Um, And maybe a sleeveless one for you, Pat. Thank you. I will have Uh, it on. With a V-neck or no?
0: Uh, I don't do the V-neck, no, because my chest isn't very impressive, so I try to keep that tied up, you know what I mean?
3: Do you it. have a baby pack, like, uh, <laughs> age or not?
0: No, I, I can go full <laughs> extension, you know what I mean? But it is not good. I got a bird chest. Uh,
3: t- as, uh, you know, it's bad. It is I don't bad. believe that for one second.
0: Okay, well, it's true. I'm just telling you.
3: Anyway, back to the question about pregame playlists. Thank you. I, I usually keep it in the 90s. Smart. Oh. So, so who, who's that? 90s alternative Pearl Jam. Let's go. Counting Crows. Wow. Creed. Foo Fighters. Creed? Mind? Third- no, 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 no. No Creed? No Creed! Come on. No! Creed! Oh, no.
0: We Creed?
3: Home! Oh, that doesn't get you going for a game? Are you kidding me? No, but there, I have a funny Creed story. So in 2007, we're playing the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night, oh, we're both was, 10 and 1. I have long oh, oh. hair, and I'm a backup. And before the game, we walked down the field, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but our intro song was Creed with Arms Wide Open. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I looked to my buddy Nate Weir, who AJ knows Nate really well, and we both said, "This is going to be a good night." And that was the night I came in mm-hmm. off the bench and and played pretty well, and kind of changed the narrative about me from you know possible draft bust wow, to
0: hey,
3: shit. hey, this guy might be able to play. Maybe.
0: Thank you, Creed. Yeah. Yes! <laughs>
3: wow. So uh, you, know, it, you know, it's it's like what Hansel says in Zoolander when he's talking about Sting, you know. I don't really listen to the music that Scott Stav and Creed made, but the fact that he's doing it he's out there, I respect that.
0: <laughs> Let's go to Nate in Pittsburgh. Nate, what's going
1: on? Hey, what's up? Lord all the boys. Mr. Hawk, Mr. Rogers, thanks for having me. I, uh, You said you were watching some old film and you saw things to help elevate your game. Yes! I noticed... I noticed this past Sunday you were smiling, shaking hands, giving a lot of high fives to the boys on the side. What have you seen in this old footage that has rejuvenated your love? Or is it something else about this 2020 season that seems to have you just in a better headspace? And also, will we ever learn about what you saw exactly in that old practice?
0: Thank you, Nate. I forgot about that answer coming now. Excited to hear it.
3: I just think some things are better left unsaid.
0: (laughs) It's a said show. That's what the show is. You said things here.
3: Let's just do a setup every week. Like this may be the week I might address some of the things that I saw. And it's just like, a, you know, you never know. Okay. Could this be the week? Maybe. Tune in.
0: Ooh, oh, oh <laughs> good tease. <laughs> wow. Good Clip tease. Back. All right. We have to go
3: no. to a break. Can it, I answer the question or not? Y'all, y'all love, love yeah.
0: Love you too. I thought you weren't going to answer because you just said you said something. Well, that not was, that was just the
3: last part of the question. The other part was, why am I having so much fun? Bingo. I have just a new and increased love of life and I've made decisions and changes and habits that put me in a lot better headspace. And there's just a lot of things that have come together in my life over the last few months that have really been enjoyable and reminded me, given me perspective on life and in football to view things through the most positive lens I possibly can. And that's why I'm having so much fun and it starts with love and and then surround yourself with with people that you really enjoy this show is you know to to get sentimental this show is is just another step in that because i love age so much and pat i have so much respect for you and the boys like this was such a fun opportunity and now i look forward to this every tuesday and it's just another step in the process of you know it's the it's mindfulness and positivity and love and kindness and integrity and just putting it all together I think for me is is made me a lot happier and I you know I'm just enjoying football and enjoying life a lot more
0: well i'm incredibly happy that i didn't wow. just step on you not to give that answer because that is going to be clipped everywhere and <laughs> yeah. join his life aaron we're happy you're enjoying this life we're happy you're joining us each week and i hope i hope to god that you continue to play the way you're playing because these conversations have been awesome and if you drop down at all i want to let you know we're a stern but fair group here oh, we yeah. will jump your ass over
3: yeah. there <laughs> i expect you to
0: <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. You're the man. Love you, Aaron. That was Love awesome. Love you, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron you, did you hear Ty in the background? By the way, when you were talking about that, Ty was literally in the background. Yes, yes. So so yes. happy that you're back. Yes. <laughs> We are now being joined by a man who was signed to the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Former tight end of the Atlanta Falcons, now the tight end for the Cleveland Brownies, which are currently 1-1 one one after a big win over the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time Pro Bowler
4: Austin Hooper. Yeah. I appreciate you guys for having me. always have fun on this.
0: Austin, it's great to have you back, Bob. I'm sure you guys are pumped to have a win over there. How is the building for the Cleveland Browns players and personnel feeling right now?
4: Yeah, a lot better. I mean, Pat, you already know, one on one's a lot better than one-on-two. And, two. I <laughs> yeah. mean, and uh, you know, everyone uh, offensively, you know, we're really starting to believe in what we're doing. I mean, in terms of running the ball, and you can see, you know, with the play-action shots. So Odell, I mean, everything really gets opened up based on how well our run game can produce so you know that was really good to uh to really get that core belief within our offense rolling
0: yeah we started watching and when you watch from outside in you see you get paid you're a known incredible blocking tight end you see them bring in Jack Conklin even though he didn't play you see him pay Kareem Hunt you see him draft early it's almost like Andrew Barry has this vision of okay we are going to be a good running team because in the end games that matter December January you have to be able to run the ball and you have to be able to stop the run you see them start investing in Miles Garrett they try to bring in Davion Clowney allegedly but the defensive line is that like a known thing in your building like hey this is what our offense is going to be we're going to be able to run the ball we have to be able to run the ball and then everything else will open up for our weapons like Jarvis like OBJ like Austin in a past game is that kind of something it said or just understood
4: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they, they've they definitely preached it. And I mean, you've been on a bunch of teams, you can preach whatever you want, but until you can actually, like, see it really, you know, affect defenses and really see how it can really open things up. I mean, you know, for a lot of these guys being, you know, obviously, you know, in a new system. So that was that was really great for the continuity of the offense and for the confidence of the offense to really show, like, hey, you know, this emphasis we're really putting in, here is the why behind it. And here is how it puts us in greater positions of success. So, Especially with the runners we got, Pat. I mean, you just gotta give them a crease, and the, they're, they're, you know pretty much guaranteed to make at least one guy miss so it's it's a lot of fun blocking for those guys
0: uh so pops mike adams who played 16 years in the nfl at safety in the last hour joined us and he talks about how mm-hmm. you know whenever you have darren waller in the box like you know he's going out for a pass he's not going to block and i stopped him i said hey tight ends will take a massive offense to that if you say that they can't block you are known as a guy that can move bodies is that something you work on or is it just like a natural thing for the austin hooper
4: no i mean that's the, that's the funniest part until uh, uh until I got some love on Thursday night game for my blocks. I mean, I, oh, no one really thought I could block at all. Everyone thought just the way I used in Atlanta, pretty much just rolling up on third down, catching 80 balls a year. Everyone's like, man, he, what, he turns his head sideways when he blocks. And then, you know, my role here is obviously creating holes for our runners. So people are seeing like, no, bro, I can actually do it. So, yeah.
0: That's a big shot, though, at tight ends. Because like, whenever he yeah. said that, I immediately stopped. I was
4: like,
0: oh, Darren Waller's not going to be happy to hear that, what you just said.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's just like linebackers, Pat. You know this. I mean, an outside linebacker in a 4-3 is different from an outside linebacker in a 3-4, yet they have the same position. So some guys, you know, are going to be the 270-pound tight end. Some guys are going to be, you know, the Evan Ingrams, the 230, 235-pound tight ends who run a 4-4. So, I mean, everyone's the same position on paper. But, you know, everyone's skill set's a little different. I mean, my my deal is like I'm kind of pretty much like the jack ball trades guy. So, I mean, I take pride in what I'm doing. When I was in Atlanta, it was, you know, getting open, catching balls. And here it's. You know, creating some creases for our runners. So I mean, I'll accept whatever role is asked me.
0: Well, Andrew Barry saw it. He signed you to the most expensive tight end deal before a couple other ones got done <laughs> afterwards. Which I'm sure they're thankful yeah. for you setting the tone there for them coming in after. Yeah,
4: late, real, really late on the barbed wire for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
0: (laughs) as we were seeing them unfold, we are like, Austin Hooper really set the tone here for these guys. Good for you. Hey, that's a team player. That's a team player. we will take any role, any role. Uh, So you haven't been with the Browns for that long. Uh, But Baker Mayfield is obviously somebody that moves the needle. There's going to be a lot of talk about him. What have you seen from Baker Mayfield? And I don't want you to compare he and Matt Ryan because each human is their own person. But what have you seen out of Baker Mayfield where you're like, okay, I like playing with this guy. I like being in an offense with this guy at the helm.
4: Yeah, sure. I mean, the first thing is the the command he has. I mean, you've been around, you know, some good ones. You've been around some solid ones. I mean, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. When you step in the huddle, like, whatever comes out of your quarterback's mouth, you really trust it. Like, are you really, you know, implicitly, like, really in it? Or are you really just like, okay, this is what we're running. And, all right, on one, guys, boom. No, I mean, he's really fully in there. He really gets us going, and just his enthusiasm is palpable. I mean, I think that's the first thing that jumped out of me, not saying that Matt wasn't that way at all, just being with a, you know, what, what's Matt number eight or nine all the time on the passer list, of so being around a, you know, Hall of Fame-quality quarterback, seeing some of the traits he has and seeing Baker's command of the huddle and just his confidence, that's what really jumped out to me.
2: That'd
0: be cool to be in that huddle one time. <laughs> pretty <laughs> sweet, you know what I mean? Just being
4: there. Great. Yeah, it's fun, fun time. Not always football related either. We have a good time in there.
0: Yeah, well, make sure you have your mask on, will you? I'm sick of, <laughs> I'm sick of no. it, Austin. Yeah, have your mask on in the huddle, please. These coaches are getting $100,000 fines. You guys are out there just, what, tackling each other Jeez, and stuff? not hair. Enough
4: with it. Maybe two-hand yeah, touch. If I followed the rules, Pat, we'd have a 20-yard huddle with everyone six feet apart. So, <laughs> hey, guys, outside zone on one.
5: <laughs> well,
0: you so, can basically uh, hear that now anyways with the quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, we can hear a lot. What do you got, Dave?
5: Austin, you talked about your time in Atlanta. Uh, and I was thinking after this weekend, did you guys ever in Atlanta practice uh, receiving onside kicks, or was that just something that uh, you guys just didn't didn't do? How did I know this
4: one was coming up? <laughs> did I did not idea. By the way, I did not uh, know this question no, was no, coming. No, no, I did not okay. know. Uh, I mean, with that one, I mean. I mean, I feel like, Pat, you probably speak on this a little better. I've never seen one of those kind of onside kicks before. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, if you see it, once it hits around the six or seven-yard line, depending on how much speed it has, like, your antenna has to go up, right, and just lay on it. Because, I mean, there's no real negative that can come out of it. I mean, they can't hit you. And if they touch the ball before it hits 10 yards, I mean, you know, it, they're, they're doing it again. So, I mean – it's kind of like just positive free roll. Only good can happen if you tack the ball. I mean, that's just that's kind of what I was taught. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on down there anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a crazy play. And, you know, good job for the Dallas Cowboys, man. They really executed it. And this being a copycat league, I'm sure you can see that onside kick uh, conducted a lot more now.
0: Well, you better hope it hypnotizes the recovering team like it did to the Falcons. Did Stefanski (laughs) use it in a meeting? Does Stefanski, like, bring that out and be like, obviously you saw this play, here's the rules and break it down? Because I thought a lot of people would use it as an example. Like, hey, here's this, we can't be these people ever again.
4: Yeah, for sure, Pat. I'm sure on probably Wednesday when we really sit down and start a base game playing, because after Thursday, you know how it goes, pretty much the weekend, you know, get your R&R after playing, what, what, two games in eight or nine days. So, I mean, the, the recovery on our Monday was mostly like, you know, It definitely wasn't a full-speed practice. It was more just, you know, get your body reacclimated to the work week type practice. So, I mean, it wasn't really in the meeting and going over situational stuff. Um, But I'm sure on Wednesday we'll cover it.
2: Uh, Yeah, Hoop, uh, this is obviously your first year in Cleveland. It's also Stefanski's first year in Cleveland. How has he kind of rallied the team around him and kind of taken control?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think the most – I mean, the glaring thing with players, I mean, not even players, just people in general. People who don't really your intentions and what you're all about. So he's just being who he is. I mean, he's not trying to pretend to be, you know, one of the head coaches he's worked for in the past. He's just being who he is. And I think, you know, a lot of the guys are really embracing that. And a lot of the guys can feel that. Because, I mean, the biggest thing in this league is just how genuine are you? So, I mean... He's just being who he is, and that's really all we can ask for.
0: Yeah, you can sniff something out. No doubt, you're acting like somebody who you think you're supposed to
4: act (laughs) like. Yeah, like stop being a method actor, bro. Be who you are. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin's doing a great job, just being who he is, and just you know being the same guy after a win or after a loss. He's just even keel kind of guy, and uh, you know I really respect that
0: hey coach quick question so you just always said like when i become a coach i'm gonna act like a dick like that's, just, <laughs> that's what you
4: <laughs> some of those coaches yeah.
0: some of those coaches i've been around some of those coaches that get a job or a role or power for the first time and they completely change the, and it's like
4: the coolest assistant coach of all time and all of a sudden to get some power they go to kim Jong special teams coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like not ideal not ideal <laughs>
2: Not ideal. Yeah, Austin, uh, how much do you guys bust Baker's balls for being in all those commercials? And uh, is he going to spread the love and bring you guys into any of
4: them? Ooh. Oh. Ooh, great question. Um, it, we would try, but his commercials are so damn funny. So like, good. There's not, there's not really anything you can say. And he showed uh, Love with Jedrick Wills, our uh, our young tackle, in uh, I believe one of those commercials where he's going over the... Uh, the book reading club or something like that. Anyway, they're, they're too funny. And with the characters we have on our team, uh, you could pretty much roast anyone about it. <laughs> so that, no. that, that's the cool thing about our locker room.
0: When you guys hear rumors, like there was a bunch of rumors being started by Mike Francesa last week that Odell Beckham Jr. is on the trade block. And then Odell comes out and he says, like, everything you guys are saying about me, I would like it to be known is wrong. Like, I just want to win games. Is basically. He went on this entire rant that was like, I'm sick of hearing this about me. I'm sick of hearing this about me. All I want to do is win games your locker room like you just said is filled with personalities and media and anytime anybody does anything that's going to be talked about is that something in the locker room that is like a moment where you guys are like hey oh you don't deserve that like for instance the Odell Beckham Jr. rumor mill that came out that was obviously just a hit piece by (laughs) like is there a conversation where you like have to talk to him where you're like hey listen man I know outside of this locker room the world seems to be burning but we got your back in here
4: yeah, I mean, you pretty much, you pretty much answered. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we don't, we don't all know what's going on. But at the end of the day, I can say this: Odell just wants to win more than anything. I feel like some sometimes he's a prisoner of his persona, if that makes sense. Oh I mean, like, wow! You know, wow! Of- Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Hey, like, hell. Like, so I mean, like you know, even me, I never thought he was a bad guy by any way, shape, or form until I was a teammate with him, and I really got to you know have those private one-on-one conversations, sit down with. You know, him and Baker and some other guys, you know, who could say, I guess, are somewhat misunderstood unless you really get that one-on-one time with them. You just realize, like, all Odell wants to do is win. And if that means he gets three catches and we win, or he'd rather take three catches and win than... You know, nine catches and a loss. I've actually asked him that question. Most receivers, I'm not going to name names. They're already like, it's a contract here, baby. I'm taking those nine grabs. Uh, <laughs> Odell, Odell's truly like a team guy. So that was the thing that really, I was very pleasantly surprised about when I got to like know the real Odell. A prisoner of his persona.
0: Oof. Hey, that's some deep. Where'd you go to school at again?
4: Uh three year dropout at Stanford, so That's right. basically hey. like West Virginia four year.
0: No, no, no. Hey, I dropped out too. Don't you don't you even put that <laughs> incredible yeah. West Virginia No, West Virginia is the Harvard of West Virginia, but mm, sure it, is. it is not Stanford. Uh, I know it is Big Twelve Stanford. Yeah, You're right. Let's talk about the Pac twelve. It's dead. Any comments from a guy yeah. that came from Stanford?
4: I mean, what, what, what do you expect? I it's mean dead. if anyone's shutting down, it's gonna be a Pac twelve. I mean they'll make as much money uh, <laughs> as the other conferences and uh <laughs> yeah i mean this is a very political topic and if you look on the uh west coast it's uh you know everything shut down i mean i remember we did an interview with you last time i mean shit, all i had to do was ride my damn bike for fun like <laughs> <laughs> i got that interview like wow all this guy does this work out i was like damn <laughs> that yeah i mean there's not a whole lot going on i mean my family's still out there i mean you know everything going on with the fires is you know crazy much crazier stuff going on than just football right now so um, you know, I'm definitely, you know, disappointed. But at the same time, Pat, like this is the first time student athletes can actually get like a true college student experience. So like, well some guys are up in arms, I'm also at the same time, I'm like, this is the first time in your life where you actually get a play student. And let's see how this experiment goes out.
0: Well, so. kind of. I mean, are, are the students kind of locked in their dorms now? A lot of places over here. I don't know about over there. A lot of places yeah. are like, yeah, come on back. We're going to open it up. Let's take classes, and then guys get in or girls get in, and then they shut down the actual classes. And they're like, all right, nah, actually, we were joking. We got full tuition from you, but we're going to lock you in a dorm, and you got to do uh, e-learning. Congratulations. It's still yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, the degree is still the same, but that's what we're going to do. It's an interesting time to be right
4: up. here.
5: Sign right here, <laughs> Austin. In a week where you're playing the Washington football team and you got to go up and chase against chase young and ryan kerrigan in the run game will you like watch tape and then be like oh they like that move and then go to miles and be like hey you want to try this out on me and practice a little bit this week just to get me ready
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, not only that, they got, you know, Montez Sweat, who's Mm -hmm. also, you know, the third guy that gets rotated And I mean, I played Kerrigan over the years, obviously, you know, Hall of Fame-level player. I mean, what is franchise sack leader over there? Anyway, really good player, played against him, understand, uh, you know, generally what he does. I mean, the problem is with the younger guys, right? You only have, you know, eight quarters of football and, like, 15 drives to really... You know, gather your run blocking plan based off. Them. But I mean, a lot of it is. You know, just go out there and play and react. Cause, I mean, you know, every every game. You know, some guys might try to do something different. I mean, it's all based on like what offenses like to do. So, I mean, that's a good question. I don't really have an answer for you. I can just watch film and pretty much just go out there and trust what I see and you know try to play as fast as possible.
0: There's a big initiative on the internet for tight ends not to block defensive ends. How do you feel about that?
4: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be. I'm not opposed. But a it comes with the job description. So, hey, buddy, you got to do what you got to do.
0: Uh, Austin, well, good luck this weekend. We can't wait to talk to you again. Congrats on not being completely defeated thus far. There's a lot of teams that are 0-2. Much better to be 1-1 than 0-2. We'll keep up with you during the season. We can't thank you enough, brother.
4: Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. See you next time.
0: Hey, tell everybody over there we said hello. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time Pro Bowler, tight end for the Browns, Austin Hooper. Yeah! Thank you, man. So sorry to interrupt, uh, but I want to tell you about a brand called Roman. This brand is a men's health and wellness brand that can help you out if you have hair that needs to be a little bit thicker or shinier, skin that needs to be a little bit fresher and brighter, and if when you have sex, you don't last as long as you would hope because what you're doing is a good time and you reach climax too quickly, they have something for you there as well in their Roman Swipes. So, whenever you go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat, you'll get free two-day shipping and $15 off your total, Wow. $15 off they have everything to make you a better man a better human and a better sex haver. Mm -hmm. and that is something that i'm not sure a lot of companies can offer you roman has the products that make you feel good roman has the products that make your partner feel good and roman has the products that are going to work to make you the best possible you you could be now when it comes to the quick climaxing, the early coming, the oh my God, quick drama McGraw underneath my belt, above my kneecaps, Roman swipes are something that everybody that's ever used them says they work like a charm. They come in discreet boxes, so nobody has a clue that you've got a weapon in your pocket. Uh, they're small enough to fit in your pocket. All you have to do is just apply these swipes onto the kit and caboodle. Let it dry, which happens very quickly. Go to town. And the good thing about the Roman swipes is they don't transfer to your partner, so they will never know. You have a tag team partner from your friends at Roman and Roman swipes. And right now, you can get free two-day shipping and $15 off when you go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is not an Oxford scientist, but a man who is basically a scientist in the football game, especially in the secondary, 16-year safety, and two-time, two-time pro baller, ladies and gentlemen, Pops, Mike Adams. Yeah! What's up? How you doing, Pops? How's life? How's the football season treating your old ass?
1: <laughs> it's treating me all right. I was just upstairs homeschooling.
0: Oh, yeah, so now you're a teacher, which is something you've done for a long time, by the way, in the secondary. Felt like you've been kind of grooming yourself for this moment for a quarantine homeschooling sesh.
1: Yeah, that is true, but not when your five-year-old daughter saying, You don't know what you're talking about. My teacher doesn't do it like that. That's wrong, daddy. That's
0: wrong. Uh, I'm excited to hear these relationships between students and teachers and then also parents and teachers post-quarantine homeschooling session, which is why uh, I'm very thrilled that I do not have a child at the moment because I would not be able to do it. And my kid would go back with a very different learning style, I think, and reaction towards things the teacher say, but I'm sure you're not doing that. Let's talk football, though, Pop, shall we?
1: (laughs) No doubt. Let's do it.
0: Okay, so Drew Brees last night. Did you see the game? Did you watch the game last night? That Raider Stadium looks awesome, by the way.
1: I did. Yeah, I want to go there, too.
0: Me, too. We'll probably end up at a game Mm -hmm. at some point. I would assume everybody's going to. We got a tailgate, though. Bingo. (laughs) By the way, the tailgate there, I think, is just from the night before. You just kind of stroll out into the parking lot and do your thing.
1: Uh, So let me tell you this before you start. So my goal is to go to every stadium and, and tailgate. This is content, pops. I would do that. I, I, that's my goal. When this quarantine is over, though, when this stuff is over, when everything's over, I want to go to every stadium and tailgate. I yeah. want to enjoy the fan experience. You know, that's
0: content, and I'm sure we could get a sponsor for that. Probably before this hour even ends. That once we send a 16 year NFL vet out into a crowd and get. I mean, you're going to be incredibly intoxicated in a lot of these places, I would assume, Pops.
1: Absolutely. I, I would love for you to
0: join me at least half of the state. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hey, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. I Listen, I got to save me from me. If I was to end up at all those tailgates, we would be... I mean, it'd be legendary. Let's have a good time. Let's do it. But let's talk about that, that Vegas Raiders team and the Saints last night. The talk of the internet last night was that Drew Brees didn't have the same pop on his arm anymore. He was inaccurate. He was missing guys. As a guy who was a 16-year safety, is that something that's very easy to tell on the other side? Or is there a chance that Drew Brees just had an off night and his arm looked a little bit weaker than everybody thought it should look?
1: If statistically, if you think about it, I played against Drew Brees a lot, and he never had a strong arm. He was always just accurate. He's hitting guys right on the mark. And, and I, I, was telling, I was telling D-Butt this. I was telling Darius Butler that people don't realize how much they need the, the preseason. And that hurts a lot of people because you at least need one tune-up game. One tune-up game just to get the, the, the kinks out and just to get everything going. I understand they played, already played one game, but that was live bullets. And everybody's still trying to adjust to the timing. They're trying to adjust to uh, where this guy running, like, or or somebody missed it. Um, I was watching the game Sunday. Somebody went to hand the ball off, and the running back went the opposite way. So it's it's a lot of kinks that you got to work out. But back to Drew Brees, I don't, I don't think he missed a step. I, I think he'd be just fine. I don't even think it's time to panic. It's only week two. I don't think he ever had a strong arm. I just thought he was just one of the most accurate guys in the game, period.
0: So that was kind of exactly how Peyton played as well, right? Peyton had that 6'5 laser rocket arm commercial. Everybody was like, oh, Peyton's got the strongest arm ever. It was like, I, now listen, I, I came in there late, but it wasn't that he had the strongest arm ever. He could just drop it on a pin if he had to, and it was exactly timed up with where his receivers were going to be. That's why the reps in the offseason were so important. Yeah. Th- that's why the reps... The yeah, because the timing, he, he wanted to know where Dallas Clark was going to be when Dallas Clark still had his head running down. Peyton was releasing that thing because he knew that Dallas was going to cut there. I would assume Drew Brees is the same way. And to your point, without the preseason game, whenever a DB is maybe playing a little bit differently than the guys you have on a roster, that can disrupt the timing. Is that is that what you were getting at there?
1: Absolutely. And, and plus, think about it. Michael Thomas wasn't even wasn't even playing. He's not he's not there, and that's his go to guy. That's where all the timing timing is at. And back to when I was in Denver, and I want to compare to Tom. Um, I want to compare Drew Brees and. Um, Peyton Manning. So when I was in Denver, um, we knew Peyton Manning's arm wasn't that strong. So when Darry, when um, Demarius Thomas used to run his fade routes, soon as he released off the ball, that ball was gone. The ball was gone and it drops right in. Same thing with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, is, he's a little shorter, so he backs. He backs up a little further, and with Michael Thomas, he just leans back and just drops it right in every time. And that's all timing for the offseason. So I've... Whenever you talk about dropping
0: a ball in, I have to go to Russell Wilson's deep ball to DK Metcalf Ooh. that came.
1: Matt Hasselbeck
0: <laughs> said it came down a chimney. Is there anything Stefan Gilmore could have done with that? Or is that just a moment where you look as a DB, you're like, yeah, they fucking got me. There's nothing I can do there.
1: So it's funny because, again, like me and Darius Butler, we talk about all this stuff all the time. So only thing I can say that he, he could have done better was just stuck his hand in there instead of swipe. You know, I think he wasted his time swiping and tried to knock the ball out and he should have just stuck his hand in that pocket and again, DJ did a uh, DK uh, DK. He did a great job of not showing his hands. He showed his hands at the last minute. So again, it was what do a you great mean by ball. that? What do you mean by show your hands? Show his hands. So usually when a wide receiver run and they show their hands, they give the dB the dB a chance and it alarms the DB that the ball is coming. the ball is coming right now. Uh, Metcalf, he was just running the whole time and not showing his hand. So I don't think uh Gil, I don't think he knew when the ball was coming at all. So once he showed his hand, it was like too late and then he ended up swiping. That's a veteran move, I'd assume DK Metcalf. Absolutely. And now I, I was impressed that he didn't show his hand. I was so impressed. I'm like, wow. Because usually rookie receivers like that, they come and they run and they show they have their hands already out running, trying to catch the ball and and it gives the um and and mind you when your hands are up and you're trying to catch the ball you're slowing down as a receiver so the defensive back is just running at you full speed and he catches up with you and that's what gives him a chance to bat the ball down Uh, if you just running and it's a foot race and you just running under the ball and then you just show your hands at the last minute it's nothing it's hard for the db to recover so that's why i like
0: Receivers can get older and maybe lose a step, which happens naturally, but still take advantage of situations. Like I remember Reggie Wayne; people used to say he was impossible to guard because he was so much smarter than everybody. Is that what people
1: were referring to with that? Crafty, yep, very crafty, and that's part of it—not showing your hands. And and another part of it is just using your body, like a bit. And as you lose a step, and a big body receivers. They, um, they kind of use their body to shield you off to catch the ball. They don't, they don't try to outrun you. They don't try to shake you or juke you. They've, they actually absorb the contact and want the contact, So now they can use their big body just to turn around and catch the ball.
0: Ah, There's so much going on in such a quick matter of time there. It's insane to watch those battles. Anytime that it was one-on-ones in practice and the ones were going and the ones were going against each other, I mean, you can go down and watch the offensive line and defensive line for sure. It depends on who's going there. Robert Mathis and Anthony Costanza used to have hilarious legendary battles. But for me, the wide receivers and the DBs, you got a chance to just watch – insane athleticism go against each other and the dbs are set up for failure there by the way absolutely set up for failure there's no rush there's none of that but what reggie used to do in those things to people it was just like oh my lord that is filthy (laughs) let's talk about you in veteran crafty tricks in the secondary i think you were the one i don't want to throw you under the bus for this if you don't want this to be publicly but you um you said you would change the color of your gloves to match the uniform for the other team so that refs didn't know if you're getting a little bit handsy or not. That is genius. That's next level thinking. And I am so happy to hear you say that
1: absolutely i i did that a lot did i tell you that Who, did i tell you my secret or somebody told you about to or something? no you had weird colored gloves on because i wore one glove and i had like a
0: glove on and i was like man where'd you get that like that's an awesome glove or whatever and i think you just said like in passing it was like gotta match their jerseys pat or something like that you just, <laughs> you just jogged off or whatever and yeah. i was like oh, okay that makes a lot of sense there it's a brilliant so,
1: move so yeah so what i do is like so, if we're, if, we, if we're home team and we got light-colored jerseys, I am in mean dark color jersey, and uh, weight team got light-colored jerseys, I'm wearing white gloves. Because, like, when, when receivers sometimes, like the big-body receiver, they come into you a little bit, like I was just explaining about Reggie Wayne, I get to grab him a little bit. And the ref is hard to see because the ref, think about it, he's 25 yards back. He can't – I'm not extending my arm or anything, and I'm absorbing the contact, so I'm holding him and the rep doesn't see it, then I let go at the right time as a receiver tries to release. I let him go, then I bat the ball down or pick, interception, whatever the case may be. Um, that was a little trick I used. Yeah,
0: yeah I, it was awesome.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanted the gloves that you had.
0: I was like, oh, I would like to wear those gloves right there. And then you, like, ra- ran off. I was like, oh, that's a strategy to have those gloves on. Mm-hmm. And oh. then, by the way, those mitts were – I mean, you got your hands on a lot of balls whenever you were with the – it was beautiful to watch. You're out of Delaware such a small, small school. Right. Is it Delaware? I got that right, right? Yeah.
1: University of Delaware, yeah,
0: you're right. Uh University of sorry. The Hens? Go
1: Hens, yeah. Blue Hens. Yeah, the hey, Blue hey. Hens. Joe, Flag, Joe so. Flacco. Joe Flacco diner.
0: Good. Um, University of Delaware. When it, were you drafted high coming into the NFL?
1: I was undrafted, Pat. Sixteen undrafted. years? Sixteen years
0: 16. in the NFL at safety and you were undrafted coming out?
1: Undrafted. Sixteen years undrafted, boss. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's a success story. That doesn't happen, Pops. It nah, does not happen.
1: Yeah. I, I was Rose coming out the concrete. That's what that was. Hey, <laughs>
0: hey, I like that. By the way, that Rose has thorns, but don't you worry about him. We will bite a little bit. Um, this, this COVID season here that we're witnessing, if you were an undrafted rookie this year, you'd have no chance, basically. huh? No chance. It's a big no deal. It's a big deal. I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. We're talking about an entire class of players probably not going to be in the nfl because next year there's another class coming that'll be younger and everything i mean it's just that's a real thing that is not being talked about that much
1: that's a real thing and, and i spoke to a couple of people about that and that's the one thing that's not even been talked about uh it's guys that went to one double a like um i got a young guy yasir thomas that i've been working out with and i've been training him. he went to lafayette and he might not ever got never get looked at. And I've been calling, you know, I got a lot of connections in the league, so I've been calling DBs and calling scouts like, what's the deal? What's going on? And all the 1AA players, most of the 1AA players, they're just going to get the short end of the stick. And so you're, you're not going to find the diamonds in the rough this year. You're not going to find the Mike Adams. You're not going to find the uh, – what was his name? That point to that d3 school that with the patriots uh wood, woodhead wood you, wood, woodhead. Uh, woodhead
0: also woodhead. austin eckler
1: yeah fred jackson woodhead. You, you won't you're not gonna find the woodheads you're not it's it's, it's bad man it, and i feel bad for those guys
0: me too And like for instance taylor russellino is this kicker who uh is very good he was in the XFL kick for the battle hawks he's unbelievable but he's never got nfl tape And I got a chance to meet him through the XFL game that I did, and I watched him hit a ball, and I'm like, this dude hits a beautiful ball. I'm like, this is an NFL kicker here. So I was like, hey, man, I got a chance to meet him, talk to him. And I told him, I'm like, you're going to be in the NFL soon, dude. You hit a ball too good or whatever. Then COVID hits he doesn't get any workouts right because they don't really bring anybody in he doesn't have any nfl film so i reach out to a couple of my friends that are like special teams coordinators and assistant i'm like hey this hey this fucking guy can kick a good ball they're like pat it's impossible to bring people in for workouts right now if if he doesn't have any nfl film it's gonna be very difficult to get somebody in the building because the cost it is everything like that i mean it's it's just a year where some people are just getting the short end of the stick and they just got to keep it going hopefully
1: yeah. And and that's the that's the sad part about it. It's crazy. And I think that's why I think the XFL I'm glad the Rock took that over. <sighs> they <that,
2: Yes>. said <laughs> with the Rock.
1: Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> He's got to No, but him. I'm glad he took that over because like that that's gonna be like our spring ball. That can be like our spring. You know how baseball got the uh, got those one A A, and then you got basketball. You got the D League. That's that should be ours as the um, NFL, not the arena ball. That I think the XFL was good, gonna be good for a lot of people. And it's real football. Because they, yeah, yeah, it's real football, and a lot of people got um got a couple jobs. Like three got picked up by mm-hmm. um the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. A couple got picked up by Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. So. Houston Oilers got one. I don't
0: know if uh, the quarterback was named P.J. Oh, PJ C.T.E., Pops. <laughs> Houston Oilers have not been around for like 45 years. I said Houston Oilers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go to the next question. Just a hey, That's tough. Hey, we got to edit that. Gonna-
5: <laughs> Pops, uh, Bruce...
1: Yeah, they're going to kill me. I that.
5: Pops, Bruce Arians came out and basically said like, we don't need to throw the ball 50 times to the tight ends. When asked about Gronkowski, like we have wide receivers for that. How much easier is it for a defense when you know that the tight end is not going to be a focal point in the offense. So like, like last night you saw like Darren Waller go off. Like, how much harder is it when they actually do use the tight end?
1: Oh, it's especially when you're you're athletic and you can split them out at split a tight end out at number one or number two in a slot. Then you create, hey hey explain what that means. Explain what one or two means. Oh yeah, my fault. So <laughs> if you got a tight end. A tight end is usually in the uh, in the core, which next to the lineman. But if you get that. Um, that tight end, and you can put him out as a number one receiver or a number two receiver in the slot, and you're creating mismatches now. Now a linebacker has to remove himself from the inside of the line and go out on the number two receiver and play man-to-man. That's why you saw it last night with Waller. They said, you know what? Screw this. We're going to play nickel and we're going to play diamond. We're going to put a DB on them. And that still didn't work. <laughs> well, because once you do that, you got smaller bodies out there, and that
0: run game just took off. Run.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Hey Pat, yes, that's where I was getting at.
0: Hey, there hey. go. Oh, yeah. 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 Big football show. Woo, football show.
1: <laughs> so, and, and then once you go small, that means that means in, in, in football, since you're going small, so now you got a lighter box, and now you get to run the runner ball, and and that and that's what happened. What's his name, Josh? Josh Jacobs they're paying him nine million dollars
0: if they're paying him nine million dollars just to be an extension of a tackle that's a very interesting strategy and if we'll see how it works out for him
1: yeah uh especially if um but see you have to use them the right way because certain tight ends like waller right you put him in the core he's not blocking you know he's not running they're not going to run the ball behind him and so now you know what you're going to get. It is going to be run the opposite way or it's going to be play action pass your way. Or maybe bootleg. Hey, some
0: tight ends would take a lot of offense to what you just said. I remember last year somebody said George Kittle couldn't block. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget who. Gottlieb. God, Doug Gottlieb said George Kittle couldn't block. And it was almost like a war was starting. Like that's something that tight ends take a lot of pride in, I think.
1: Yeah, not not all of them. Some of them don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, go kid. Trust me. I can name a lot of those.
0: Hey, my question about uh, Jamal Adams is this. It feels like he's playing his own defense, like Troy Polamalu used to. He's showing up in places that I think teams aren't expecting him. Like, he chased down Cam from the back, and you could tell that Cam thought he was a D lineman or a tight end that caught him. And then he saw Jamal. He's like, damn, how'd you even get over here? Is he a guy that just completely changes the math on the defensive side of the ball for that Seattle Seahawks team?
1: Yes. You, you, you have to always account for him. Where is he? Where's 33? He's 33 in the box. Remember, I think last year, how many had sacks he had six, seven. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, six, seven sacks. I, I don't know the exact number, but like, he's always around that box. He's always around the ball. He's a ball hall, you know, and um, you got to always account for him. And if you don't account for him, uh, you got a problem. Just like uh, that was a great comparison, Palomahu. Um, Cause He can be anywhere on the field. He's supposed to be in the middle third. Next thing you know, he's out the line of scrimmage chasing the quarterback or getting a sack or TFL. You know, Um, and that's what Jamal Adams brings to that defense. Well,
0: how come Earl Thomas doesn't have a job?
1: I think what killed him is what happened in the – not, let, me use, let me use my words correctly. I think what hurt him. There you go. Yeah, because
0: Kilt would be, mm-hmm. especially in a world we're yeah. in right now. <laughs> I think what hurt him. <laughs> yeah. That was smart by you to do that. Hey, Hey, Very veteran of you to kind of back off of that one, yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think what hurt him is when, uh, when he got in trouble with the offseason with the wife and, you know, that whole debacle. Mm. And then when you came back, you got Kent, and then you had a fight with one of your teammates. Um, and I think he caught a lot of flack from last year because he wasn't the same person when he, when he with the Ravens last year. I think they, he, they criticized him for giving up on a play, I think, like three times, not chasing somebody down. I think one was Chubb when he was playing the, the, um, the uh, Browns. And then on top of that, you got him punching his own teammate in the face, and I think that was the last straw. And I think it rubbed a lot of people wrong, but uh, as far as him not having a job – I think he's still valuable, especially where everybody's um, getting hurt right now, and I think he can help a lot of teams right now. So um, I, I don't, I can I can. That, those are the only reasons, the in, intangibles, the the off the field stuff that I can say that probably hurting him right now.
0: You know, pops, it doesn't get talked about a lot. It's there's always like uh, they're doing this, they're doing this, but the NFL and the people that are building teams and coaching teams. They want to eliminate distractions as much as they possibly can, and and you can, be who you can afford to be is a real thing. Like, okay, if you're going to be the guy, we're going to let you get away with some stuff. But if you're not, and Earl Thomas, by the way, for a long time was the guy. Then last year he had a drop off, and if there's any type of distraction, perceived distraction in their eyes, it's yeah. like let's get a. That's just the NFL. That's the way the business is that every coach or person puts a, a team together says, uh, if you aren't. If you're affecting our focus on winning, because winning is already hard enough, we're gonna, we have to get rid of you. Like, that's kind of just the way it's understood. And there's a lot of players that have fallen into that that I think everybody's just like, hey, the way these brains work on these teams is like, if you, they perceive you at all as a distraction, they'll be like, well, out. We're out on them. And it's
1: wild. I don't know if it's the way
0: to go, but I just know
1: that's the way it is. That's the way it is, exactly. But if you can score, if you can give them touchdowns and start producing and your jersey selling, I think the sad part about that, the crazy part about it, is they, they keep you around. They tolerate you. Yeah. And, um, but one mistake and you have a drop-off, just an inkling. Let's get him out of here, or let's put him on a trading block.
0: Yeah, and then let's spread some rumors, too, so our fans aren't that upset that we traded him. I mean, that side of the business is very interesting and cutthroat, and it always gets danced around when people say it, but it's like, be who you can afford to be. If you're a star, okay, we'll put up with whatever the hell we need to put up with for you to be here. But as soon as you fall a little bit, as soon as that star dims just a little bit, know that everybody in here is ready to cut. It's, It's a very interesting thing. I knew it whenever I started having my own show in Twitter, and I was punting I was like hey if i start to suck at all i'm i know i'm gone like i i I am gone so i i had to be at a point where i was very confident with my ability and that's just in every single position pops i can't thank you enough for joining us man i feel like a lot of people learn stuff and i'm so thankful i gotta hopefully introduce you to some people maybe have never known of the greatness that is pops no doubt. I appreciate it, boss. Ladies and gentlemen, 16-year, two-time Pro Bowler, NFL vet, Mike Pops Adams. Thank you, hey! Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for listening today. I know there's a lot of things that could penetrate your ear holes. The fact you let us do that, um, I'm very, very grateful for. If you enjoyed this show, please tell a friend. If you didn't like the show, just act like it never, ever Ever happened. We're back tomorrow. More conversation, more chatter, and hopefully some more laughs. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.
1: It echoes in my mind.